Welcome to the Connecting Citizens to Science podcast. We are here on the first official day of Health Systems Global Symposium. And on Monday, I went to a great session on community participation. It was really inspiring and it's taken me a couple of days, but now I have the team that worked on that session. So please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Anuj Kapilashwamy, Professor in Global Health Policy and Equity at University of Essex, and was part of organizing this session along with uh, WHO Health Systems Development and Financing team in Geneva. Hello, my name is Neeti Rao. I'm a consultant and I work with the WHO's Health Systems Governance and Financing Unit. Our focus has been on social participation for UHC and we've had a great time collaborating with the University of Essex and, and uh, Professor Reza here on developing the session on how to integrate participation within policy and planning processes. Hello, my name is Reza Maizadeh. I'm senior lecturer at University of Essex in the School of Health and Social Care within the Global Public Health Program. I have experience of working on the package and competition both in different countries including Middle East and North Africa. Thank you very much. It's nice to meet you all. Tell us a little bit about what the session was called, what was it about? It was looking at the effectiveness and sustainability of engaging communities in designing essential services on the road to primary health care and universal health coverage. The idea being that while community participation is espoused as one of the fundamental principles, values and now also as a significant step on the pathway to UHC, we see a lot of evidence, a lot of traction and interest from different actors in engaging communities, giving them a voice in more democratic, creating more democratic spaces. But what we find is very little evidence and work is being done in engaging communities in designing services and in documenting that process. The session was really structured around a program of work that we undertook with WHO EMRO, the Eastern Mediterranean Regional Office, that was really trying to look at what evidence exists around engaging communities in designing services and health technology assessments, and also then designing some practical steps for governments, for agencies, intergovernmental agencies, to put these mechanisms in place and engage communities in design. That's the sort of backdrop to the session. The session really focused on three areas, the, the what, the why, and the how. And I will want to raise her to talk a little bit about the what and the why. Thank you so much. Regarding why, we are learning from the success and failures. We have a huge experience of the failures because of mistrust of people because of not having them on board. At the same time, we have a few examples of successful stories regarding the defining and implementation of the benefit package, which is the heart or one of the important parts of the universal health coverage. This is the reason that we are thinking we should not look at the benefit design, package design as the short-term program, but we should consider it as the major part of the long, longer-term program of the universal health coverage. This is the reason that 
we are thinking how we can make it more sustainable through participation of stakeholders and here the main stakeholder is community because they are the owners of the system and we are discussing about public fund which is the fund from people. I think that's great. In your session, I heard you talk about trust. And in nearly all of our episodes, uh, 42 episodes, and here in HSR as well, trust is coming up constantly. You said failures and trust in this presentation. I remember you saying there's lots of good examples, but also trust doesn't come easy. Do you have any reflections on that? Yes, definitely. You know, this is not something that you can make it in one night. At the same time, you can break it in one night. Because whatever you are building, you can actually destroy it within one event. Therefore, it is very important to actually to work on collaboration, on partnership, and making ownership for people. At the end of the day, you can make that trust. It is a long journey. But despite this long journey, you can miss it in just one event, which is very important. We should take care about successes much more than actually uh, the failures. I mean, we should invest more and to make sure that we can succeed this program. If we do one mistake, we can lose the actually entire trust that we make. The trust is very fragile. That's really interesting. Niti from World Health Organization, how did you find the session? I saw you asking quite a lot of questions and you received a lot of questions as well. Do you have any reflections? I think fundamentally what came across really is about policy processes are fundamentally about power differentials among all of the stakeholders and really participatory processes, participatory governance is a strategy over the long term, as Reza just said, of uh, sort of mitigating some of these imbalances, at least within the policy making space. It's also a strategy to build this trust that we're all talking about over the long term. And whether it is setting processes or HTA, what we're really looking for is a long-term way of working for the government, a culture of participation, if you will, within policy and planning. And whether it is budgetary processes today or priority setting processes tomorrow or service delivery for that matter, which is where we tend to see most instances of community engagement so far, really what we need to build is something that is sustained and uh, moving away from thinking of community engagement and participation as something ad hoc to something that's integral to good health system governance. I think that's, for me, the key takeaway from the session. Thank you very much. I'm going to pick up on just one point around power then. There is inherent power structures that exist within the systems we work in, the health systems we work in, and that did come out in your session as a key area that needs exploring. Do you have any reflections on power in health systems and how communities can be placed more centrally? Uh, just to say that, uh, in fact, from the WHO, we do have some guidance and much more detailed reflections within the Handbook for Social Participation that we have published. Also to say that, in fact, power is something that we are all familiar with, right? Within and without health systems, just in our everyday life. It's something that I think, of course, all of those imbalances do come in into the policy-making spaces as well. It requires conscious thinking and capacity building, I think, on the part of all of the stakeholders 
to think of ways and strategies, things, for example, within military space on mitigating some of these. And it requires very careful, considered thinking and building of capacities, particularly on the part of, I think, the government actors who are convening some of these participatory processes, in addition to the capacities, I think, that are quite well recognized on the part of communities and civil society organization, as well as among academics. One final point I would like to say, particularly when it comes to researchers and academics, such as many who are at this conference, is that we have tended to focus much more on the politics and power imbalances vis-a-vis the political actors, the people in government, and that's where most of the political engagement or the advocacy researchers has focused on, I think, and we have developed training and guidance and figured out ways of doing it better. I think similar consistent effort over the long term also needs to be turned towards how do we as researchers and academicians engage more consistently with communities. I think that's an ongoing project that we're only just about embarking on now and hopefully this conference will be a great start to continuing on that journey, the post-COVID journey especially. Of course, of course. And you have something to add here? Just to add, I mean, I I think the power a question that you're raising is really crucial and that emerged in the systematic review that we had conducted as the biggest structural impediment to meaningful participation. Health systems essentially are social institutions and hierarchical social institutions. They reflect the power asymmetries that we see in the society and that actually drove us to also look at the evidence base and both sort of the published but also in the grey literature to look at some of the cases in the region which have not yet been documented from the lens of equity. When we talk about engaging communities, who are the communities that are being engaged and the mechanisms that exist in place to engage these communities, how are they addressing those power asymmetries that prevent particularly hardest hit Uh, and those communities that are peripheral to the systems to be engaged. I think that's one of the biggest lessons in the discussion of how we really, even in assessing and evaluating these mechanisms, start reflecting on the extent to which that power redistribution has happened in our approaches and in the process how systems have learned and adapted to this. I know learning health systems has been a running thread of a number of different sessions, but as we carry uh, on this work and take this work forward with countries that are moving forward with designing these community engagement mechanisms to inform decision-making, to set priorities and design services, one of the fundamental challenges will be the changing geopolitical climate, the bigger sort of threats that we experience, which are changing the nature of vulnerabilities that groups are experiencing. So how do you reach out to the most vulnerable group? Hence, the whole lens of power and political determinants in this work becomes quite central. Thank you very much. And one of the other things that I took away from your session is that there's a lot of kind of community committees, community boards that people are linked to from the communities, but actually the evidence on who those are, are they the same people? Are they people that are already in power within communities? Are they gatekeepers that could potentially silence other voices? I know you said the evidence out there of who are on these committees from a demographics point of view needs to be explored more. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think 
really first and foremost there is a gap in evidence we're not documenting what is happening so that does not necessarily mean that these initiatives are not being developed that communities are not being engaged i think researchers and academics are lagging behind in actually studying these processes so an important aspect is how research can be embedded right from the conception of these mechanisms and then the rolling out which is where the operational guidance comes into play the idea that the action domains that have been identified the values that have been identified in the operational guidance allows us to put in place the right sort of measures ask the right questions around equity who is being engaged how they are being engaged and at what stage or depth of engagement is reflected in these mechanisms that then takes us to questions as are communities just being seen as source of evidence collecting data or are they also being engaged in dialogic processes to review and assess what services exist whether those need to be changed or revised in line of the need of the communities finally their active engagement in advocacy around and reflecting on how, how these participatory processes can themselves be strengthened and made more inclusive lovely what next reza what next what a great session that was and i'm really glad we got a, a chance to catch up on the key points there but what next okay i want to say that we know that we need community participation we know the importance of that we know many things about theoretical aspects of that but look at the realities at the ground level we know that colleagues in wcho actually prepared this nice handbook about community mobilization for uhc but we are looking for the very concrete examples in which places we can actually imply that knowledge this is the reason that we came up with the idea of implementation of this way of thinking on the benefit package design which is one of the actually important steps toward uhc universal health coverage i want to say that through recent review that group of colleagues have been done in six countries let's say afghanistan pakistan zanzibar which is the autonomous part of tanzania and then in sudan somalia and ethiopia we have seen that all of them had stakeholders involvement but we did not see such community participation as the stakeholders this is one issue and if you look at the other countries experiences the practice in these countries are different from each other therefore this guide is aligned with the handbook of the who and they are actually uh, supporting each other i mean this is the let's say translation of the handbook at the level of the benefit package design and it is ready but it is ready to be implemented at the country level the purpose of this session was that first consolidation between different stakeholders in particular water organization eastern metropolitan region office and the other players and as well as the community representatives country representatives regional offices and the international players to move forward with the implementation of that no doubt we will learn much more when we are implementing this at the field level very happy that the result of this discussion was made 
us more closer to reality of implementation. On the next steps, on behalf of WHO, just to share the things that are ongoing in this area is one, as Reza already mentioned, but also beyond this particular work, we're developing several case studies and practice examples from member states across the globe. We're also working with each of the WHO regions, EMRO, as Reza already mentioned, but also Sierra and PAHO, where this conference is being held. As well as at the global level, there is advocacy and movement towards World Health Resolution, hopefully in a couple of years, on the topic of social participation, where all countries will commit to doing that, to prioritizing this, putting resources on it, and also monitoring progress on this. Finally, on the capacities aspect, we're also working on developing an online course, an e-course on social participation, which is primarily targeted to governmental actors and building the capacities of those who are facilitating and convening and managing these participatory processes on how to do it better. This is exciting times. Final reflections, advice for others that really want to focus on community participation as much as you have in this session. I think firstly, I was really delighted at how this whole session panned out. And despite the jet lags, etc. on day one and having a three and a half hour session to talk about this, I felt the, the structure and the balance of country perspectives because we were really hearing from the case of Zanzibar, the case of Sudan, then moving on to a regional perspective of locating those country cases within the EMR region and then a global perspective on how this plugs in into other global processes. I think that really made it a fairly sort of coherent and comprehensive but it is this is only the first stage, it's a starting point and we hope a follow-up would also then have community voices heard in these sessions. We're very at a very early stage. We would like to follow up this session with a session where we can also um, have and hear the experiences of community members who've been engaged in these processes. That uh, to, to me would be an area. The other, I would of course welcome researchers but also other stakeholders to get in touch. There's just a lot more need that needs to happen both in terms of studying these but also in operationalizing the guidance at country levels and learning from that, reflecting on what areas need to be strengthened in that guidelines. For us that would be the the necessary next stage of how we can pilot this in countries and learn from it and also learn collectively these different stakeholders. Thank you so much taking me through this journey. Final comments. I just I want to say that I want to acknowledge all colleagues that contributed in this session. In particular I want to say that right now we have somehow established a network of colleagues that they are interested and in looking for this issue. First of all, I want to acknowledge portal organization which contributed in this session and in particular Eastern Metan Regional Office because of the actual initial thought that they have made to actually ask for this guidance. Then we had very impressive presence of colleagues from Zinzibar, from Thailand, from Sudan, as well as the regional office in Cairo, and finally WHO colleagues which were the host. Wonderful session, I really enjoyed it, and now our listeners can access it for a longer period of time. So thank you very much for joining us in the Connecting Citizens to Science podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.